The U.S. men's national team kicked off its send-off series with a two-goal shutout win over Azerbaijan on Tuesday. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me back in the East Coast is Ivis Galarsep. What's cracking, man? Nothing much, Garrett. I'm back on the East Coast, back at SBI headquarters. Uh, it was a great, great week in Northern California. Uh, I, I still feel like I'm on West Coast time, but... Uh, it was a good chance to be out there with the uh, with with the U.S. national team in camp and and get a real sense for how things are going. And obviously, we have our first game to talk about: two zero win versus Azerbaijan. Yes, lots to talk about with that game. Uh, multiple takes from multiple people on how they viewed that. Ivis, we also have tons to talk about on this show. We got to talk about Concacaf, Americans abroad, U.S. Open Cup that was played this week. Kind of got clouded with all the uh, U.S. Men's National Team news. There's also other World Cup news, Major League Soccer. Ivis, we have a jam-packed show today. Before we get into everything, though, how was the West Coast, man? I keep telling you, dude, it's the best. Uh, hey, Nor- NorCal is legit. I will say, I will say, it was very chill. Stanford University seems amazing. Uh, kind of want my son to go there now. He's got to get his grades up a little bit, but it's a it's a cool it's a cool school, cool town. Palo Alto had a good time. Uh, the uh, was it the old pro? That was the spot that I, I, I checked out a few times. Mm-hmm. Had a good time there. Um, I, but saw, no, it was I just, saw that you found some Peruvian food out there. Yeah, it was all right. It wasn't you know it was uh, better was better or worse than Phoenix. No, actually, Phoenix is better. Nice. Phoenix is better. Nice. I will say that. And che- Phoenix is better and cheaper, and, and that's the thing. I, I'm always wary. I always tell people. Be be careful that you know you go to the, these kind of overly fancy Peruvian spots where the you know it, it, you're paying for like uh, the ambiance but not for the actual food. And I always feel like the better food is is at the mom and pop places. Oh the, yeah, of course, you know, the holes in the places the wall. in the, the places in the hood, the holes in the wall. Yeah, yeah so like where I took you, you for know. that Mexican food, you know that you know that was good. Eh, it was not. It was alright. <laughs> oh was, my god. No, the Peruvian spot in. Well, I guess it wasn't technically Phoenix, but whatever was it was it Tempe? Was it Tempe? I think it was Tempe. Yeah, that Peruvian place was was legit, like very very quality food. But anyway, enough about the food. San Francisco <laughs> is great. Golden Gate Bridge, that what an amazing site that is. Just that, uh, just the water there with Alcatraz and the Golden Gate. It's a beautiful beautiful scene, and glad I had a chance to kind of check that all out before I headed back. And of course, Candlestick Park. Uh, with just uh, just a legendary stadium, a real cr- a real wreck of a stadium. It's actually getting torn down later this year, but so much history there, and and you know I was I, I'm just glad that uh, I'm lucky. I feel lucky to have had a chance to cover a match there, and uh, not that it was a great, amazing, entertaining match, but it's the first match of a send off series, mm-hmm. first match coming out of a training camp, and as it usually is the case, it wasn't pretty. Yes, Ivis, you said that exactly right. I'm, I'm assuming everyone's probably losing it right now because three minutes into the show, we're, we're talking about Peruvian food and not the U.S. men's national team. So we've got to talk about the game from Tuesday. The U.S. Ivis did win, as we said, two goals shot out from them. It did take a while for that to happen. The subs came in in the second half. They were the difference makers in this one. Azerbaijan, say what you want. They parked the bus. They, they were really tight defensively, really didn't give the a U.S. men's national team a lot of space in the final third. But, you know, from watching this game, Ivis, what were your kind of just, uh, you know, first initial thoughts on, on the U.S. men's national team performance? Well, I mean, offensively, I don't think they clicked well. Uh, I think they, they, they didn't really – the passing wasn't sharp as a team. They weren't combining that well. Uh, I thought – well, obviously, Chris Wondolowski had some chances. There were some chances created, but obviously, Wondolowski, he could have done better. Mm-hmm. He should have had at least one goal, maybe even two. Uh, and if you're Wondolowski, you got to put those away. I mean, And he has had – obviously, he's had a good track record. He had, I believe, what is it, 10 goals in nine games before that for, on the national team. So, but he has to keep it going. If he wants to get minutes at the World Cup, he's got to keep finishing when the chances uh, present themselves. And I think he really missed an opportunity there to kind of boost his stock. Josie Altidore, for me, I thought he actually did some things well. Uh, You know, considering the year he's just come off of, I think anybody wanting him to come out there and score a hat trick and just shake the demons off and and erase the memories of this awful year at Sunderland – uh, it was probably a, a little presumptuous, a little, a little, uh, a little hopeful. Uh, mm-hmm. He obviously didn't score a goal, but he put in a ton of work, drew a ton of fouls. He he was real handful for the Azerbaijan defense all day. Uh, his touch can let him down, and it and it did on on some occasions. And uh, you know his combination play, you know you can tell he could. He, he's not as sharp as he can be. He's still not 
summer 2013 Josie Altidore. And, that, that, you know, they need him to get to mm-hmm. that point if they're going to win, if they're going to get out of the group of death. And, uh, but having said that, I thought he showed some positive signs. Uh, it's, it's again, it's a, it's a process. Mm-hmm. It's, you got to build him back up to get all of that bad stuff out of his system. Oh, you know, uh, uh, you know, everything that went wrong at Sunderland, you know, it's going to take some time. And mm-hmm. you know what? I, I don't think it worked in his favor. Uh, the four, four, two diamond. I don't think it created enough chances for him. Uh, I still say four, two, three, one, um, playing with the wingers high, almost in a four three three. I think that's going to be, for me. I think that's still going to. I still think that's what Clemson's going to en- end up using. Uh, but you know, as far as that goes, what another positive I do have to point out: Jeff Cameron. I thought looked good at center back. Uh, I think he he has didn't look uncomfortable at all. Looked very comfortable there. I actually thought Matt Beasley struggled a bit. Yeah, uh, which, which for him is surpri- a little uncharacteristic. Well, very surprising. surprising. Yeah. So you almost wonder if it was it the was it the wind that was causing problems for him. Uh, you know, and again, it's one match, folks. It's not, oh, it's time to bench Beasler. <laughs> you know, take it easy. It's one match. You know, if you're going to have an off match, have it in the opener against Azerbaijan. So, yeah, that was a little funny, a little kind of surprising. Cameron looked good. Omar Gonzalez looked, looked pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And, and Beasler struggled. So you had those things. Uh, And then, obviously, the bench guys, as you said. Brad yeah. Davis, for me, got to say, the guy played – I thought you know he made things happen. He had an impact in the match, and I know there were some people. And it's funny you always find people who want to nitpick, and it's like, oh, his pa- his passing wasn't sharp. Uh, he he should have done this. He should have done that. He used his right foot. And I have just, it, it, when it comes down to it, folks, there are just some people who they are pre they're, they're prejudiced. I don't want to say use the word prejudice because people always kind of misconstrue that word. But I feel like some people are always predisposed to have like they have their opinion set mm-hmm. on certain players. And they just look for whatever validates that opinion. They don't try to look at it with fresh eyes. They don't try to look at these guys and say, okay, on this day, he actually played well. On this day, he's not playing well. Like that, I would tell that to everybody. I ask you, look at, look at the way you look at this team and look at the way you look at certain players and ask yourself, are you honest with yourself about these some of these guys? Because I just really feel there are people out there who, for whatever reason, they hate player X, they hate player Y, and no matter what those players do, they're going to pick on the negative aspects of their game and ignore the positive. So mm. that's just a little tidbit for, for you know for me to everybody. That's how I try to look at it because, I mean, there, there's players that, you know, one game, like Mixed Discrude, for example. Mixed Discrude, I thought he played well. Yeah. I thought he did well. And it was funny because – you know, we made him uh, as we voted him out of the match. He he wasn't necessarily my pick for it, but uh, I thought he played well. And and it's funny you had this subset of people like, oh, why is he man of the match? He didn't even play well. He scored the goal, but it was just a, it was like a poacher's goal. Like what, he didn't do anything. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And you know what? It is what it is. Some people don't like certain players, and and that's just how it goes. But I thought he played well. Mm-hmm. Brad Davis, I thought did well. He made an impact, which is what you want from him because that's why he's on the team. Bring him off the bench, make something happen. Set pieces, corner kicks, get you know, get something in a mixer, and he did that. Aaron Johansson, he made things happen. Yeah, he obviously free header, he scores it, but he he did other things. He, I like, I tell you what, I like what I see from Johansson, and for me, I mean, I think he's ahead of Wondolowski on the depth chart. Personally. Oh yeah, he has to be. I mean, right. uh, Other than Wando's first two chances in the beginning of the game, I mean, Wando was pretty quiet for the majority of the match. I thought he was a little lost, to be honest. Yeah, with you. I mean, I I think he showed. Look, you. Generally speaking, he's going to put his chances away, and he works very hard. He times his runs well. But when it comes to dropping deep and combining with teammates, that's not that's not no. in his wheelhouse. That's not a strength of his. He's not the most technical striker you're going to find. And I think for me, Aaron Johansson is. Aaron Johansson is mm-hmm. technical. He can go at you. He can combine with his teammates. He he moves well for his size. You look at him, and he's and he's he's deceptively quick for his size. I mean, for his height. I mean, as tall as he is, he's quick. So I, I'm I'm like his for me his stock continues to grow, and that's it. If if Altidore if he is if his game's not on point, by the time they get to Brazil, Clinton's got to think about: Do I start Aaron Johansson? Mm-hmm. Do I move Dempsey up top? Go four two three one with Dempsey up top, or go four four two with Dempsey Johansson? He's got to think about it, and it's a nice option to have well, because say what Johansson for me is a guy who I think could have a big World Cup. Well, and, and I think having someone. Like like Aaron Johansson or even Clint Dempsey partner up with Josie Altidore up top. Let's just say Jurgen does this four four two with the diamond, you know. And, and I thought to, to back up what you said, you know, I, I thought Josie did a couple things good in this game. 
There were a couple times in the final third where if Josie had better body position, he definitely would have been in the box, and, and you kind of wonder if that's the confidence thing or, or or maybe he felt he had to you know hold his back up to play a little bit more to help out. But you know Josie with Wando, that's just not a good pairing. It's, just, it's as simple as that. Josie with Clint Dempsey, that sounds more intriguing. Josie with Aaron Johansson, I like that a lot too. I, I think Josie's partnership with Chris Wondolowski kind of limited kind of what Josie could do up front, kind of looking at other guys. Uh, though, Ivis, I mean, Jermaine Jones, I think this is one of the few games where we saw him stay at home, distribute the ball well, and really play as the number six. What, what did you take away from his performance in this match? I agree. I mean, I tell you what, by the end of that match, I was looking at him as someone who quietly yeah. was a man-of-the-match type guy. Well, the, like, I thought he did his job. I thought he did his job well. The thing is, in that with that diamond... Um, I thought Bradley struggled. I did. I thought Bradley didn't play as well. Michael did. He didn't. He had a poor second half. He right. really so, poor second half. Now here's my thing. So I it, again, it goes back to the the, the the issue. Bradley and Jones, they're your guys. That uh, you know, as far as Klinsman, as far as Klinsman goes, he's those two are his guys. But they don't just see. They just don't seem to fit in a four four two. Whether you know what I mean, like it, it, as a diamond, it's just not going to work because. Even though Jones stayed home this time, mm-hmm. then you had Bradley dropping deep and 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 then creating so much of a gap between him and the forwards, uh, crowding the middle with him and Jones. I mean, it just didn't work. It really it didn't work as as a tandem. So I, I mean, I think that's just another strike against the against the diamond midfield. And and I know some people are looking at it now and saying, oh well, Klinsmann's used the diamond against Mexico. Now he's used <laughs> it. He's used it against Azerbaijan. Yeah. The U.S. is playing the diamond in Brazil. Of, co- so that, of course, that's, that's kind of the new thing now. And I, I tell you what, folks, I do not believe that in any way, shape, or form that that Klinsman is all in on the diamond, and that's what we're going to see at the World Cup. I just don't see that. I think circumstances have dictated that. I think he wants to see the diamond, and he wants to. Implement it so that the team is familiar with it, so mm-hmm. that he can use it when he needs it at the World Cup. And I think because I, honestly, the diamond is the kind of system you can't just implement as your as your top system with just a few games. You're not going to do it. I don't think they have the personnel for it. So it's funny enough. I just wrote a piece for for Goal.com that's gonna. It's actually going to drop. It might be up live when we, as you're listening to the show. You can go read it. Um, and it's along those same lines that I am not sold on this four two on this no. four four two diamond being what Klinsman plans to use. And you know what? Even if it is, we're gonna find out if it's if it has a chance or not really quick now because Turkey and Nigeria mm-hmm. are tougher teams. They have tougher midfields. They will put it to the test. And I but but like I've said, I think four two three one is gonna be what they end up yeah. using. And uh, the real question is, who are going to be the three midfields in that central uh, triangle? Well, with with the diamond, I mean, you're also going to need your your you know outside fullbacks to be able to push up the field. And you know, Fabian Johnson a couple times showed his ability to do that. But I mean, Demarcus Beasley, who who I think is, is a great defender, Ivis. I mean, he really doesn't get into the attack that much. We, we did see a brush of fresh air uh, from Timmy Chandler when he did get into the match. So I think you could take some positives from that. And, and honestly, you could really look at Demarcus Beasley and Timmy Chandler and say, man. You could see Timmy Chandler starting in Brazil, possibly. Well, that's what I've been saying for a while now. That's the battle. That's the the tightest competition uh, as far as the positional battles. That's the biggest coin flip uh, between it's Beasley and Chandler. Chandler's obviously younger, more athletic, physically stronger. Um, you know, you could almost wonder if he's faster. Beasley's quick. Beasley's smart, and Beasley yes. is he's intelligent. He's an intelligent enough player. Where I think he's learned the position pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. His positioning is pretty good, uh, and and you say he doesn't get forward. He can get forward, but I just think he picks his spots. I just think he's smart enough to know I can't rampage up and down, up and down the flanks. I have to be a little honest about about picking my spots with that. Um, so, uh, whereas Chandler comes in and he's just a madman ran, ran, running up and down, uh, and at times that costs uh, you know the, it stretched the team a bit too. So that's something else to consider. Uh, I I tell you what, that is a real toss up. Uh, I think they'll both get starts in the World Cup. I don't think because I mean, even if Beasley holds on to it uh-huh. at his age and with his physical makeup, he, I, he's not going to start three games at the World Cup. It's just not going to happen. Like I think, either from a physical standpoint or you know, like he he's gonna he's not going to play start all three games. I just can't see it. So, but it's a good problem to have. Chandler showed well. He showed some quality. Yep. 
And and that there you go. All of a sudden, you go from let's say three months ago when yeah. you're like, oh man, who, Edgar Castillo is really our like number two left back option. To all of a sudden, Tim, there's Tim Chandler, Bundesliga defender, and he could possibly be your number two, not even your number one. So you know you got to be feeling a lot better about your fullback position mm-hmm. uh, now than three four months ago, and because I- you know, or even you know, let's go six months back when it's like. Brad Evans at right back. Yeah. Edgar Castillo at left back. You didn't really know. Now Fabian Johnson right back. Beasley or Chandler at left back. You're feeling a lot better about your fullbacks going into the World Cup. Oh, and, and I thought for the most part that the back line did play well together. And, and the other thing that I found funny about this game, because you know everyone's was, everyone was freaking out about this. Oh, the U.S. should should be scoring five zero on them and blah blah blah. I mean, you pointed out before the show the U.S. in their send off series in 2010 and 2006 lost the opening game. Before they went to to those to those World Cups, and for the most part, I was the back line. That was the first time all those guys went out there together. I thought they looked pretty good. And then another positive from this match was Bedoya at the left mid. I, I thought he had a very good game too. He was okay. I, really, I, I, I thought Bedoya. I thought Bedoya looked pretty good out there. He had a couple of moments where he showed, like he had a couple of po- clear positive moments where he was able to pull off some moves. But I thought there were also stretches where. He wasn't quite as effective, and obviously he he spent part of his time on the left. He moved over to the right uh, when Brad Davis came in. I mean, I, I mean, I still think he's going to start. You know, I, I wouldn't say he you know he played badly, but um, you know uh, he's going to be there, and I think he gives you great work work rate. Mm-hmm. He's versatile. He can play on either side. Uh, but that, Brad, I tell you what, man, Brad Davis, he had himself a game and uh, something to build on. And maybe just maybe we shouldn't assume he's not someone who can push for a starting spot. Uh, I'm not ready to nudge aside Zussi or Bedoya just yet, but if Davis keeps ha- if he has another game or two like that, then all of a sudden, you know, Klinsman has to kind of start thinking about that. Well, Ivis, we we mentioned it before. Uh, I mean, you, you said uh, this makes discord. Excuse me, was your man of the match? Um, I thought before the game when when player numbers were announced. I mean, I loved seeing Mix at the number ten jersey, and hey, he lived up to it in the first game with with the goal in the box. Man, Mix, dude, he's a difference maker off the bench. And we've seen him do this a couple times in previous games with the U.S. Men's National Team. Comes off the bench and provides immediate spark and provides a lot of quality in the final third. He makes things happen. And that's what you want out of a, a bench midfield option. And he's done it, I mean, several times now. Gold Cup final, comes in for Stuart Holden, holds it down. He was SBI man of the match in the Gold Cup final. USA Mexico and Columbus, once again, comes off the bench. Spark sets up a goal, they win. Uh, so he's shown well, it, also, right? What about, what about, you also remember Russia, too, came off the bench and scored the goal. Well, how far back do you want to go? Oh, well, you know, it was, it was in the last year, right? So, I, I, so, I'm uh, losing my mind right now. That was in the last year. That counts. It counts, Ivis. How far? How long? When was that? I don't know, let me let me look it up. You, you talk it. I'll buddy. look it up. That was a while ago. It's all a blur. I know it's all a blur for you now that you're, you know, domesticated. <laughs> Continue, Ivis. <laughs> Are you looking it up? Yeah, you go ahead. You you oh, ran, I, I, and I'll look it up. Like I, I said, if there's any if there's anything I bring to the show, it's quality statistics, <laughs> there you go. quality commentary. Okay, that well, we can talk about that later. <laughs> All right. Well, look, this group. I thought he played well. Um, you know, he he wasn't amazing, but I thought he did. He he just made that impact again, coming off the bench. He he he's, he, he makes nice. He, he delivers nice passes. Mm. He, he's creative. I think he's creative. Apparently, the, the opinions vary. Some people don't think he's creative. I think it's creative, and I thought he really handled the whole number 10 jersey thing well, right? Um, because, you know, it's a touchy subject. A lot of people are at still absolutely irate about Landon Donovan not being on the team. And you had some people like, well, no one should wear the, num- the, the number 10. And I'm like, well, um, hello, uh, someone has to wear it because it's the World Cup. The World Cup, it's numbers 1 to 23. Uh, and, and number 10 jerseys just aren't retired by the national team. Pele's number is not retired. Mm-hmm. Maradona's number is not retired. Uh, you know what? So, like, get, settle down with the retiring of the number thing, right? Landon Donovan, amazing national team career. He's not on the national team now. All this paying homage to the ghost of Donovan stuff is, yeah, is it's, overboard. It's, yeah, I don't it's get like, it. It's insane. It's it's like, you know, everyone, you know what? Time, to, time to move on. Yes, everyone was entitled to bitch about it and complain and, and express their unhappiness everyone was entitled to do that but at a certain point it's time to move on at a certain point it's time to talk about the team now 
And you know what? When you get to Brazil, when the games start happening in Brazil, and and the team struggles, and the te- and there's situations where you're like, oh, you know, Dan Donovan could have helped here. People, you absolutely. Then you can totally you can talk about Donovan until you're red in the face. Uh, you know, it might it, it, right or wrong. I mean, it's easy to say when the guy's not there. Oh, he would have done this. He would have done that. Oh, I, everyone kept saying, oh, Donovan's gonna crack this Azerbaijan backline. I, d- d- People were so reckless on Twitter during the game. It was disgusting. It's an emotional thing. At the end of the day, there are a lot of people that are emotionally attached to Landon Donovan. A lot of fans and some media that are emotionally attached to Landon Donovan. And and it is what it is. But you know what? Let's move on. Let's, exactly. Let's talk about the team now. There's there's actual games to talk about now. Mm-hmm. There's there, You know what? The World, the World Cup is just two weeks away. The U.S. plays oh, Ghana. God. I mean, think about that. Two weeks away. Please don't remind me. It's like no, but, it's but, coming but, way too fast. But, but that's the thing I found so funny from this game is it was everyone was criticizing him, you know, this and that. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I, it, and look, Donovan's an outstanding player. And I think we could all agree on that. But bringing up one guy is not going to change everything for this U.S. men's national team. It's just not the way it works. They're the first game together for a lot of these guys. They're going to go through some kinks. If we see them, you know, as you like to say, I always crap the bed against Turkey and Nigeria. Okay, well, th- then you can say something. But for the first game... People just need to take it easy. U.S. got the win. It's all that matters. The win and some good quality performances. One more thing before we move on, Ivis. The center back position, Matt Beasler, as we said, did not have the strongest game. Jeff Cameron looked pretty good. Omar Gonzalez in the second half, pretty solid showing for him. He did well, which for him you'd like to see because obviously he's had his shaky moments. Uh in, with the national team, his last few outings, um, you know, he, he's been inconsistent. He's made the big mistakes. Again, it's only one half. You want to see him get an opportunity against the likes of Turkey and Nigeria. Better competition there. Um, the, the race is still open, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Cameron has it locked down yet. I think Beasler's a lock. I think just for for what he brings to the table as mm-hmm. opposed to the other guys. It's still up in the air, but I'm going to have to say I think Cameron's going to end up edging edging it out just because he's more technical. I think he's 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 not he's more technical. He's quicker. Uh, you know, obviously Gonzalez is better in the air, but when you want to talk about the teams you're playing, you know, a team like Ghana, I mean, they they're they're tough, man. They they their their forwards are a handful, but not necessarily the aerial threat you got to worry about. You got to worry about their quickness. I think Cameron is going to hold off Gonzalez. But we'll see. Gonzalez, they're both going to get their chances in these next few games. And that next chance is going to come on Sunday when the U.S. men's national team takes on Turkey. That game is going to be at New York Red Bull Arena. Turkey, Ivis, is a much better side. One of the highest-ranked teams. First off, FIFA rankings are ridiculous, so everyone just chill. Uh, but Turkey is a much better team, though, uh, than Azerbaijan. So, Ivis, I mean, this is going to give the U.S. men's national team a really good look to kind of see where they're at, to kind of, you know, you know, tighten some of the screws from that game against Azerbaijan. But, you know, this Turkey match, though, man, the U.S., they, they're going to really need to put in a quality 90 minutes in this one. Uh, no question about it. Uh, obviously, uh, I, I believe Tur- Turkey actually played Honduras on just, just tonight, Thursday night. Uh, and they, you know, they handed, they beat Honduras 2-0. Two, two, two and Hon- the Honduran keeper probably kept it from getting even an even uglier game. Uh, so you have to wonder, you know what? <laughs> right there, it tells you, you know, this this Turkey team is going to be a, a much a much tougher uh, challenge for the Americans. So so we'll see uh, what happens there. Arda Turan is I don't know if he's with the team. I was kind of hoping that he would be. Uh, the Atletico Madrid midfielder, uh, really really talented player. Um, you know, I don't, I'm trying to see if he's even planning to join them because I mean, obviously he's coming off a long season. At, at Atletico, he just mm-hmm. played in the Champions League final, uh, but even without him, I think they, I think they're going to pose a, a really good challenge to the back line and to the midfield. And as I said earlier, I really want to see what System Klinsman puts out in this game because if he puts out the diamond in this game, then it's like okay, maybe he's really buying into the diamond. That that would tell me he is convinced that the diamond can work, and we'll find out really quickly in these two next two games if if he's right. Excuse me, uh, to answer your question, uh, Turan was not in the 18 for this match, Ivis. No, I know he wasn't in there. I know he wasn't there for that game, but I don't know if he's planning to come ah. join them in New York or, or what, you know, because sometimes, you know, it, obviously the that Honduras game isn't the high priority on this on this trip for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know if he's 
hurt or they just want to rest him. Uh, I mean, I know he yeah, he had an injury late in the year, uh, like a slight injury it looks like, but uh, I don't, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it looks like he had a back injury of some sort, so that's probably why he's not around. So that's unfortunate because I'll tell you what, he is a, he's a great player, great player. Actually, I remember him really tearing into the U.S. in the 2010 sendoff series in uh, Philly. Uh, with, with Turkey, uh, The U.S. won that game, but Arda, Arda Turan was absolute handful in that game. So uh, I think the U.S. have gotten off a little easy if he's not there. But even with, like I said, even without him, Turkey's going to provide a good test, uh, especially the U.S. defense, I think, the back line. Uh, Turkey's going to go at the Americans. They're not going to sit back. They're going to go at the Americans. I can guarantee you right now, Klinsman has had the conversation with the Turkish manager said, listen, this is an important friendly for us. We're going to have Ghana and Portugal go at us. Uh, please, you know, give us give us all you got. Completely go at us. And, and, I, and I guarantee you that's what it's going to be. There's going to be no bus parking whatsoever in this game so uh, i'm excited to see it and, and like you mentioned red bull arena it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be so absolutely sold out not just because there's not just with the u.s fans because um when you think about right when you think about this market then you're talking about not only the new york new jersey uh u.s fans but the philly fans the the philly u.s fans the dc u.s fans the boston u.s fans they're all going to be converging here and then you have a large Turkish population in in northern New Jersey who are going to try to get into that stadium. So it is going to be amazing. And I actually I kind of regret not getting not getting tickets and, and having having my boys come check it out because they they're they're all about soccer now. Funny enough, thanks to the Panini sticker craze, they're all about soccer now. They're all you know know the players' names and you know it's great. It's great. The best Panini is like best investment ever. I know some people are like oh you're you know throwing money away. You're buying boxes of car and I'm like look. You know what? I don't mind spending some money if it if it gets wait, my wait, kids wait, wait. interested pe- in pe- People say that stuff. I, I think of every stupid fat I was into as a kid and all that money I wasted. And I'm sure if I have kids, they're going to want to do things that I think are dumb. But that's what kids do, right? No, but it, the value. It, not the, not only is it the kids. The kids love it. They get. They're all into it now. But the fact that it's gotten them into soccer in a way they've never been before. It, it, for me, it's invaluable. Like, there's not a price for that. Like, I'll, you know what I mean? Like, I'll buy as many boxes as I... I'll just uh-huh. keep buying boxes it, it, just to see them, you know, see my six-year-old open, opening a pack and being all excited about, you know... you know, He got this like guy a, and, you know... Yeah. And he it's, wants it's, to trade for this guy. And yeah. yeah. And my 10-year-old, like, knowing who players are now, my, like, it, it's, it's hilarious to me. Uh, you know, like, we were watching the U.S., uh, the ESPN show, the, the behind-the-scenes national team uh show tonight and uh and he kn- he knows who these players are he did not know my you know my 10 year old was not in a soccer at all two months ago mm-hmm. and now he actually is into it he knows who messi is he knows who neymar is he knows who falcao is he knows who sergio aguero is aiden hazard he knows who aiden hazard because he needed his sticker to complete his belgium <laughs> set so like that stuff is is great and i tell you what if you have kids and they're not kind of not into soccer Get them, get them some panini stickers. Because I will tell you what, the, it's just, it's just that hook of wanting to collect, wanting to fill out your book. And before you know it, you know who like a lot of players are. And that, and you know what, it, it's I never would have guessed. I never would have guessed that they would care or even be interested. But it's been amazing. I gotta say, and it's pretty cool. I had something like that too, not with soccer, but it was with baseball when I was a younger kid. They had this thing called MLB Showdown, and I collected all the cards, and it was like a cool dice thing. It was like a, you know, anyways, I know what you're talking about. That like got me into the sport. But but that's what you're supposed to do, man. First off, and you can't get tickets for your kids. Come on, you're Ivan Scalarsa. You're 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 on TV. <laughs> you're you're on Inside US Soccer making cameo appearances. Come on, man. Yeah, on TV. That's right. Yeah, I'm gonna hit up my boy uh, Roger Bennett. See if you hook it up. Hook up some couple <laughs> tickets for the boys. But uh, now nah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll I'll scour uh, scour the internet and grab get grab. Or a you just get get your boys press passes. Say it's for like some <laughs> sort of some ju- junior reporting for uh, for soccerbyivisjunior.net. I, I can't even get legitimate SBI writers uh, credentials for this. Sh- well, we have one writer covering it for us, but uh, as you might imagine, the demand for media access and media credentials for this one is probably at an all at, at like the, at its highest frame. Yeah, US I can imagine. Soil, so and Red Bull Arena. Uh, the press seating isn't exactly like unlimited, so uh, I'll be there, and uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll be covering that, and uh, it should be fun, man. I'm looking forward to that match and and seeing what that atmosphere is going to be like. I'm telling you, it's going to be 
rocking. It's going to be a rocking atmosphere. Well, one other thing from this game before we move on. Uh, Clint Dempsey, Ivis, who had to pull out of the U.S. men's national team game uh, against Azerbaijan due to a groin injury. Uh, it looks like he is is ready to go. It looks like he'll be playing on Sunday, and that's going to be nice to see him out there. Right. I mean, I, I'm sure U.S. fans were freaking out when they heard that he wasn't going to play in the Azerbaijan game, that he was injured. Uh, and it's so funny because it's like, you know, you know, there are American fans that are like, man, I hope someone gets hurt so Landon can be on this team. <laughs> I, I really, I, someone's, got, someone's got to get hurt. We need Landon on this team. And they were like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not what I meant. So be careful what you wish for, folks. Don't go wishing injury on people. Root for the 23 that are there, that are there now. And you know what? If there is an injury, maybe Landon Donovan's called in. Maybe he's not. Because i tell you right now, uh, you know, depending on – I mean, first of all, if a center back's injured, he's not getting called in. Clarence Goodson's getting called in, right? I mean, that's – let's take it easy with that. I don't know. Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure Landon could play center back. <laughs> yeah, okay. He could also play right back, too, if, you know, if a right back gets injured. And he could play left back. He could actually play in goal, I think, too. That, that I, have, I have been told he can play in goal, Ivis. Uh, no, he cannot. So – uh, uh, but yeah, so uh, you know, like uh, we'll see, man. I, I'm curious to see what happens because if and look, even if Chris, like in, it would be, it would be, I, I don't know, it would be like adding salt to the wound if you know, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. But like if if Chris Wondolowski is an example, if he gets hurt, what if what if Klinsman decides to call Terrence Boyd in? <laughs> you know, I, Josie Altador, Josie Altador gets hurt, I'm pretty sure he's going to call Terrence Boyd. In. So. I would just tell people, you know, those of you that are holding out hope for an injury and, and Landon backing his way in, like, it's not a given, folks. It's not a mm-hmm. given. I mean, for me, okay, if Brad Davis gets hurt, I'm calling Landon Donovan. If Mixed Discrew gets hurt, I'm probably calling – I'm going to call Landon Donovan, you know? Um, you know, Julian Green gets hurt, calling Landon Donovan. Uh, but not – it's not – But not if, case. like, you know, Jermaine Jones gets hurt or Kyle Beckerman. You're right. probably going to call Marisa Do for that hurt. one. Yeah, yeah. Jones, Jones and Adu – you're calling, uh, you're calling Marisa Du. Uh, you know, center back gets hurt. You're calling Goodson. Full back gets hurt. You're probably calling Parker's. Uh, oh, no, Brad Evans. Oh, eh, oh, you know, I like, I, I like Parker's personally. Oh, but uh, we'll see, we'll see. So I, that's just a little kind of heads up for folks because uh, I know people are like wishing for an injury. So back to the whole point of it all. I thought it was pretty funny when, not funny, but it's like. I knew from the beginning that the injury was kind of more of a precautionary thing. Mm-hmm. So I knew it wasn't serious, but I remember thinking at the time, like, see, see, you, you people rooting for an injury? Be careful what you wish for. Well, time to put a cap on this U.S. men's national team talk and move on, talk about some other World Cup news. Uh, it's also hits close to home for Major League Soccer. Some bad news is that Alvaro Saborio Ivis is going to be missing the World Cup. He's actually going to be out for a couple months, which is also bad news for Real Salt Lake. So, uh, for Costa Rica, man, that's a huge blow, a uh, huge blow to them. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, if you're Costa Rica, you're already facing an absolutely brutal group. And now you're without your target forward. Uh, that's a big blow for them. And, uh, you know, I, it's funny because I, 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 I like Costa Rica as a team that could pull off an upset. I think they could pull off at least one upset uh, between their goalkeeper, Kayla Navas, being a stud. Uh, Joel Campbell, speed, Saborio up top, I, I, you know, Celso Borges. I thought, you know, Giancarlo Gonzalez at center back. I thought they had the pieces to pull off at least one upset, um, not get out of that group, because that, that group is freaking brutal. Let's be honest. It's unbelievable. But I thought they could pull off an upset. It's going to be a lot tougher without Alvaro Saborio. They still have quality. Brian Ruiz is still dangerous. And as I said, Keller mm-hmm. Navas, you want to say, Keller Navas, one of the best goalkeepers in Europe this year. One goal, One of the best seasons in all of all of club soccer this year for Levante. So uh, they, they still have a chance. They still have a chance, but it's going to be even that much tougher for them to get any points out of that group. And Costa Rica will kick off their World Cup against Uruguay on June 14th. Before the U.S. men's national team played on Tuesday, we had a, a midweek match. I have this New York on the road taking on Sporting Kansas City, tail of two halves. Sporting Kansas City. Dominant in the first half, New York, who is going into this match on a three-match losing streak. I was, things were not looking good for them. But complete turnaround in the second half. Badly right Phillips scores again for New York. And, uh, I mean, this game was about as sloppy as you'd expect from teams coming off a two-day's rest. So New York going on the road, 
positives for them, strong second half, and also snapping their three-match losing streak. Well, technically, it was four days rest for Sporting KC. Well, sorry, four yeah, for them. My, my apologies. They, they, they're, you know, with all the defensive issues they're having, uh, just, just to be able to get points, you know, just to kind of stem the tide and uh, given the, the kind of patchwork defense they're having to try to out there, obviously they're not going to be happy with a draw at home. But you know what? When, when you're when you're hitting this kind of just awful uh, rash of injuries and whatnot, you you, you kind of take the point. And, and, and now all of a sudden, KC, they're winless in four and you kind of say, oh, what's going to happen? Are they going to really be in trouble? No, folks, they're going to be OK. Um, you know, they still have they still have quality. They're going to get Beasler back. They're going to get Zuzi back. Uh, so you want to just try to get some points here uh, in, in these couple of games before the break, before the World Cup break. Uh, but, you know, getting Aurelian calling back was, was good for them. But uh, and then, you know, Tony Dovale, I thought, played well um, for the Red Bulls, though, going on the road, getting a point. That's big for them, uh, especially, you know, they, they've had their issues lately, especially defensively. Uh, just to be able to have a game where, you know, you're not getting lit up. Right. I yep. mean, they, they'd, uh, you know, given up multiple goals in, in, in the three-match losing streak that they'd had. So they stopped the losing streak. They get a point on the road. In KC, where, you know, to be fair, they, they've, they've had a rough history uh, going to KC. So uh, positive for them. And then for KC, I think KC's just kind of – they're just standing they're just standing by, trying to get by. Uh, they got one – they have one more game, and what a game it is uh, – the, before the break, well, for New England, I mean, I'm sorry, for the Red Bulls, they have one more break before, uh, one more game before the World Cup break. It's against New England. That, my friends, is going to be a really, really stiff test, and 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 they're a chance to end the break on a good note. Um, as for KC, though, KC, tough matchup against DC United, and then they get Houston before the break. So Houston's struggling. So I, you know what? If if KC can get at least three points out of those two games, uh, go into the break. Uh, They'll be okay because they, as I said before, they're going to get Beasley back there and get Zuzi back. Uh, Portland Timbers, Ivis, starting to rack up the wins right now. They've extended their uh, winning streak to two matches in a row. They're undefeated in their last five matches, climbing the Western Conference with a two to zero win over Chivas USA in the midweek. And uh, just like that, Ivis, Portland man, starting to figure things out, making that push. Try to tell everybody, take it easy. Portland's going to be all right. All of a sudden, what do you know? Six games without a without a loss, four uh, three wins in five, and and they're they're starting to make the climb. And and this game, look, Chivas USA, yes, we know they're not the, they're not a great team. It's not a big huge deal if you beat them, but I think Caleb Porter going to his bench and starting several backups in this match and having them play well that that's that's a serious uh, as as a coach that is like your. You know, you're hitting the lotto right there because not only are you getting your starters a rest, mm-hmm. you're getting confidence for your bench guys. And that gives you some more depth when you need it, you know, when these guys have these games under their belt. Because you want to get your bench guys uh, games so that if you need them, if you need to call on them later on in the year, they'll be ready. They've had those games under their belt. So so, so that was like – that had to be this probably the sweetest win of the season for Caleb Porter because, you know what, maybe you expect to beat Chivas, but to beat them with, with so many – and look, Fernando Adi looking like a pretty good Yeah, that acquisition up. looks pretty good for right. Portland He's right now. looking like a pretty good pickup right now. So, And Rodney Wallace coming back, I mean, having him dressed and, and back from the ACL, I mean, if he get you know, it's going to take a while. Obviously, ACLs, you're always – even when you're back, like you're not all the way back – if they can get him back for the second half of the season, get him like rolling, like physically strong enough to, to play anywhere near his best level, Portland man, they're, they're going to be right back in the thick of things. And all of a sudden, you know, as you know, they went from like not winning a game in eight, now they're only one point out of a playoff spot. So you know, and, and to be fair, Vancouver has two games in hand on them, but they are right not they're they're in striking distance. They're two points behind Colorado, FC Dallas. Uh, so you know what? Give it, uh, give it about a month, and, and you can see the, the Timbers as high as third or fourth, third or fourth place in the West. And this weekend, this is the uh, one of the last two weekends of MLS action before all the teams take a take a short break to coincide with the World Cup in Brazil. RSL, tons of injuries right now. Players called up to the national team. They're taking on the Seattle Sounders. Is this the match, Ivis, that RSL finally drops, loses for the first time this season? 
I think it. I think it will be. I think it will be. Um, as much as yes, they're they've been a tough team all year. They have the depth. Um, but it's, I believe Joao Plata's injured, right? Yeah, Joao Plata's out. You know, you have Sabarillo, Robbie Becker Finley is slowly coming back for them. Devin Sandoval's kind of banged up a little bit. Yeah, Seattle, I, you and I should be playing forward for Real Salt Lake this weekend. Uh, That's how injury depleted they are. I don't know about that. I think Luke Mulholland is still better than you. Um, I, I'll, I'll say Seattle. I say I say they get it done. I think Oba has himself a game, um, and maybe we see Stefan Fry actually step up with a first his first like kind of really standout game. I'm gonna go Seattle. I think Seattle's gonna end RSL's streak and hand Jeff Kassar his first coaching loss. Yeah, if, if RSL is able to win this one on the road with, with an injury-depleted roster, guys call up to the national team, that that would just be crazy. I was just crazy. Uh, Portland is staying at home this weekend, hosting the Vancouver Whitecaps. We've talked about this before. Vancouver team on the road doesn't put up the strongest results. Portland in great form right now. Ivis, I, I mentioned it before, they're on a, a six-match excuse me, uh, undefeated streak right now. Portland they were also able to get their starters rest this past week, as you mentioned. Did Portland continue their winning ways? I think so. I think so. It should be an exciting game, but I think and Caleb Porter's decision to get uh, some of his starters some rest, I think it's going to come back and, and, and really help him. Uh, Vancouver, as much as they've been one of the really surprise sides of the season, uh, I think as we've seen on the road, they're not quite as potent, uh, quite as strong. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's probably, if you look at the games uh, of the weekend, it could be the most exciting one. Although Seattle RSL is obviously the game of the weekend. I think Portland, Vancouver could have the most fireworks, uh, the most kind of like back and forth goal, goal scoring and that kind of thing. I'm going to go Portland. I think they'll they'll keep it rolling. D.C. hosting Sporting Kansas City, also who's coming off a midweek match. This is a big game for D.C. It's a really good opportunity for them to take advantage of. The Kansas City side that you know has their injuries, they're they're not full strength on their back line. Does Eddie Johnson feast on Sporting Kansas City this weekend, Ivis? Well, he can now that he had his suspension lifted. Uh, nice job by the independent review panel who looked at the video of, of Eddie Johnson's red card, which was always a joke. I mean, he didn't touch the guy. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, it was like a phantom kick. Like I don't even understand how that even was a red card. Uh, but yes, Eddie Johnson will play, and I, th- I think this is a perfect opportunity for him to kind of get going and, and get himself a couple goals, and I think he will. I think he'll have, a, have himself a two-goal game, and uh, RFK will be rocking, and DC will really make a statement and leapfrog KC with the win there. Uh, Toronto FC is going to be hosting the Columbus crew. Uh, Toronto FC already defeated Columbus this er- earlier this year, uh, 2-0. to Columbus coming off a coming off a very nice win over the Chicago Fire this past weekend. And Toronto, look, they, they did draw Sporting Kansas City last week 2-2. But I think for the most part, though, uh, you know, Toronto had to be a little disappointed with the result. But, but you know, Toronto did throw some quality in this one at home. Does Toronto take care of business against Columbus, Ivis? Uh, again, it all depends on Higuain, right? If Higuain is on, that you know, Columbus has enough quality that they can win. Toronto, though, you know what? I'm gonna go. Yeah, Columbus on the road, not quite as strong. Uh, Toronto at home, Jermaine Defoe. I, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Jermaine Defoe scoring himself a couple. I'm sure he's looking at Brad Wright Phillips, uh, you know, in his 11 goals and thinking, <laughs> "Wait a minute, I'm 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 the designated player. I need to score the goals." That is no, that that was that was, really that was my bad. Beckham as Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. I was say Defoe's voice really, is that I can't high. Really, you know what? I, I can't say I've heard Jermaine Defoe talk a lot. So like, I, I'm just I was just doing generic English accent at that point. So. Well, well, I'm gonna score. I'm gonna score about five goals against Columbus. No, but anyway, um, yeah, Jermaine Defoe has himself a game. Two one, two one to, two one to Toronto FC. Oh, but you geez. know what? I feel like every, I feel like every announcer doing American soccer is British these days. So maybe I, I think I'm gonna start doing British accent. Maybe you should. Uh, Toronto. I'm sorry, not Toronto. Chicago is gonna be hosting the LA Galaxy. Mike McGee taking on his former team. We've talked about this before. Chicago's defense is. It, it look it's, it's just bad. Does do the LA Galaxy land Donovan Robbie Keane? Do they feast on Chicago or does Mike McGee stick it to his old team? Uh, blowout. I think it's gonna be. I'm gonna go four one Galaxy. Robbie yeah. Keane hat trick. <laughs> Colorado is at home hosting the Houston Dynamo. This is an interesting matchup, Ivis, because if if the playoffs started right now, Colorado and Houston are are both in the playoffs. But I think for the most part, when when you take their seasons as a whole. 
each team has had its fair share of ups and downs. I mean, these teams can kind of almost parallel. Well, they'll look good here. They'll look bad here. They'll look eh, okay here. What's your take in this one? It's exactly to your point. It's like really tough to predict what you're going to get. Uh, I happen to see Houston's last game, and it was not pretty. I was there in San Jose for the 3-0 loss. And to be fair to them, they had some chances. They created some chances, and John Bush uh, came up really big. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado at home, you know, you'd like to think that, that they're going to – they have that home edge. They have the altitude, and, you know, they're coming off a win against Chicago. Uh, they're going to have some confidence there. Um I'm gonna go Colorado. I'm gonna go the Rapids. I think they're, you know, Pablo Mastroianni is gonna put himself, pick himself a, a solid lineup, and Dylan Powers will have himself a man of the match effort in a two-one victory. FC Dallas will be hosting San Jose. Dallas, Ivis, they need a win in the worst possible way. Think about this. FC Dallas's last win was on April 19th against Toronto FC. Since then, well, they've had. Five losses since then and two draws. So Dallas hosting San Jose. San Jose, they're able to grind out a win, but on the road, are they going to falter against FC Dallas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, well, San Jose's defense, I mean, to be fair, John Bush bailed them out. John, first off, John, Bush is, John Bush over the last couple of weeks has just been money. Yeah, he's quietly had himself one yeah. of the better goalkeeping seasons in the league. And, uh, uh, but having said that, I think San Jose, you know, he's been covering for some some issues with San Jose. Obviously, getting Clarence Goodson back uh, is going to help them, should help them. Uh, but they, you know, Bernardes is obviously out uh, at, you know, for the World Cup. Um, I'm going to go see Dallas. I think they're at home. I think they've got enough weapons to make it tough for the earthquakes. And I think I think get the job done. I'm going to go uh, the FC Dallas 2-0. Chivas USA will be hosting the Philadelphia Union. We all know how it is for East Coast teams going out to the West Coast. Ivis, Philadelphia, man. Any chance that they'll be able to defeat the GOATs? Well, you have to consider, I mean, as far as I know, uh, Philly stayed out in L.A. And, you know, they just played the Galaxy on Sunday. Um, Maybe I'm wrong about that. If they, I, I'll say this: If they stayed in LA and didn't do the whole traveling back and forth and across the country, uh, I really like the chances to get a win there. Uh, they only have one win in a long time. <laughs> that one, that one win that they they had against Sporting KC, but mm-hmm. uh, I think they get a win there. I think I think if they didn't do the whole flying back and forth thing, if they did the flying back and forth thing instead of just staying in the West Coast for the week, uh, if they did fly back home for the whole for the week. And put all those extra miles on themselves, then they're going to lose. But if they stayed, they stayed put. I like their chances. So I, I like their chances either way. I think the Union win this game. Any future Major League Soccer news for a team? NYCFC reports are coming out that they are going to be signing Davi via Ivis. What are the chances of this actually happening? Is it legit? I tell you what. Uh, you know, it, 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 where there's smoke, there's fire, and I think in this case. I like the chances that this is real. Um, NYCFC has money to spend. Uh, and if there's a team that can make it happen, I think they're the team that can make it happen. Uh, it, it, you do, you know, at a certain point of your VA, right? I mean, you just won La Liga with Atletico. You're about to play in the World Cup. You're pretty much going to wrap up your international career after this World Cup. Why not go out now and go play in New York? You know, I, I could, t- I totally could see it happening. Um, Normally, this is a kind of rumor that he's like, oh, here we go again. Some agent trying to, you know, get some bargaining power for his client and this and that. But I don't know, you know. He's 32 years old. He'll be 33 in December. He's done it all. He's won a World Cup, and he just won La Liga. He just played, you know, he, he's done his, he's done, he's done it. So, yeah, I like the chances that this is a real thing. And if it is, man, that's a huge uh, that's a huge uh, gain. That's a huge pickup for them. Uh, you knew that they were going to be real serious about their designated players. David Villa would be an absolutely uh, impressive. I mean, because for me, he's quality. He's gonna he's gonna score goals. Who who'd be the bigger star in New York? Him or Henri? No, I think Henri's still uh, a bigger international name. But I think David Villa at this point in his career, by the time he got here and played in 2015. I think by then, you know, Henri's, you know, I think his his star will have waned a bit, and I think Villa would be the better player at that point. But Henri's cachet is still what it is. Like he's still like kind of a legendary player. So, 
He still has the edge there. Okay, chances that New York announces their stadium or they announce the signing of Via first. What what happens? Oh, what? Via! If if and when the Via thing happens, it could be next week. I, I wouldn't be wouldn't shock me in the least. Although maybe they wait till after the World Cup. Uh, actually, you know what? Wouldn't they want to do it before the World Spain Cup? Is though in the U.S. Yeah. No, they well, you know what? It's Spain is in the U.S. Perfect timing. I think. I think. The pre- you know what? I could see it happening next week. Uh, you know, the Spain is. Uh, I think they're playing in D.C. Actually, so they're not too far away. It makes all, it makes too much sense. You know what? It's going to happen. Uh, David Beckham. I was, we keep, I feel like we talk about this every week. His stadium. We we talked about how he was looking at a new spot, a boat slip right next to this, right next to the spot where the Miami Heat play, and Miami pretty close to where that Port Miami thing was, but. Man, he's now receiving backlash from a former mayor of Miami and an opposition group. I mean, dude, David Beckham cannot catch a break down there. What what is going on with all these people in Miami? People are taking turns, uh, just absolutely crapping on David Beckham's stadium plans. I mean, it is what it is. You know, it's not a Beckham thing. It's you know what when you get these big city stadium project, uh, you know, things. It's it's always. There's always going to be some back, uh, backlash. There's always going to be some fight back. Uh, community people. It's all about the not in my backyard kind of philosophy. Uh, so it's, no one should be surprised. Um, doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I, the stadium's going to get built. It's going to end up somewhere. Hopefully, it's somewhere scenic and somewhere more importantly that's convenient to to you know a large part of the population there. So you know what? It, it's still going to get done. It's. It, it, is is there anything more annoying than these politicians just popping up all the time? And I, I mean, is it? It just seems so annoying. Like, what, what do these people do all day? Do they just sit there and, and just and just point fingers and say, "No, you can't do that"? I don't know, man. Uh, it's I, I don't know. I'm not going to go down that road with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened the last time you started? I, I, I know. I, I try to get you. I try to get you. Um, Ivis on 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 Tuesday. Well, one, there was one game on Tuesday, but on Wednesday. Uh, the U.S. Open Cup third round was played. Six of eight NASL teams advanced uh, to the fourth round. The fourth round is when all the Major League Soccer teams come in. There's a PDL team in the fourth round and a USASA, which is an uh, adult league uh, amateur team. I butchered that, but, but they also advanced. So uh, U.S. Open Cup, man, it's, it's hit the fourth round. Things are starting to get going. Those games will be played between June 10th and June 18th, but... Uh, Six of eight NASL teams advancing, big time. Some really good fourth round matchups. Yep, uh, I tell you what, I I wish I was. I mean, I, I'm happy I'm going to be in Brazil, but I really wish I was going to be in, in 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 New York for Red Bulls Cosmos number one. That, my friends, is going to be a game. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the, and there's those kind of matchups all over. I believe Sacramento San Jose is also happening. Uh, you got Minnesota Sporting KC. There's a few different, you know, intriguing matchups, and uh, and there was a, there. I believe there's a there's a couple of USL pro teams that are in the uh, in the rounds. There, you got Orlando City mm-hmm. and uh, what was it? Scottsdale United, I think they <laughs> made it. A- to the... Arizona United, they defeated Oklahoma <laughs> City Energy. Actually, you know, uh, you know, one one club that's doing pretty well, Orlando City. Their their USL pro team also advanced, and also their PDL team advanced too. Their their U23 team advanced too. So I mean. Things, things go pretty well for Orlando right now. They're bossing it right now. So I'm looking forward. You know what? I don't know. For me, maybe it's just me. I feel like there's more buzz going into that next round than there's ever been. Because And it's and obviously, the Cosmos Red Bulls thing is one. Sac Republic, obviously, the, the, all the buzz they're gener- generating with their amazing crowds and, and the way people in Sacramento have really taken to that team. So I feel like there's more buzz for this part of the U.S. Open Cup than there's ever been. And... uh I really wish I was going to be around for those matches, but I'm sure when I get back and we get into the later rounds, there's going to be some really good matchups. Also, you got Indy 11 taking on Columbus Crew too. Yeah, another yeah, regional matchup right there. Yeah, there's there's a handful of them. And so, in the biggest uh, wait, matchup, Texas, Car- in the biggest matchup, Carolina Railhawks taking on Chivas USA. I mean, pff, look at look at <laughs> look at that local rivalry. Uh, wait, isn't there a Texas one as well? Uh, yes, Houston Dynamo. Well, actually, there's two Texas ones. Houston Dynamo will be taking on the PDO side. Laredo Heat and FC Dallas will be hosting the San. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't know if they're hosting, but FC Dallas will be taking on San Antonio Scorpions. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one, right? I think that. Yeah, no, man. So I'm 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 gonna. <laughs> 
hopefully they're streaming these games and I can stream them from Brazil because I'll tell you what, I think some of those are going to be... Well, the, the Cosmos the Cosmos and New York Red Bulls, I mean, that 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 is a must-watch game in this round. Yeah, that might be on TV in Brazil for all I know, so nice. And moving over to Americans abroad, Tim Ream, Ivis, who had an excellent season for Bolton, re-signed with the club. What do you think of that? Uh, you know, I was, I don't want to say I was surprised that he signed, but I know there were, there was a lot, there were rumors about interest from, from Premier League teams, uh, potentially getting him to move up. But you know what? He had such a great season for them. You'd like to see him kind of get get some continuity there, uh, settle in and, 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 you know, establish himself there. So, uh, I like the idea of him sticking around. And also Breck Shea, Ivis, his training with Orlando City for the next 10 days. What do you make of that move? I mean, obviously he needs to stay match fitness for, for the new season starts. Right. I mean, I know there's going to be speculation about Orlando City signing him. That's like, you know, if they if they signed everyone they've been linked to, they'd have no room left uh, in their cap and they'd have five players. <clears throat> but you know what? I mean, it makes too much sense. Obviously, they're the Stoke City ties to Orlando. Orlando's GM was actually was uh, Brexley's agent uh, directly indirectly. Uh, you know the 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 firm the firm that he he worked for before he became GM of Orlando represented him. So uh, you know there's those natural ties. But uh, he uh, for me, are you asking me if he's if you're asking me, do I think he's going to actually play for Orlando City? No, I don't see that. I see him going to Europe. I see him staying in Europe. And, and trying to find his level there, um, you know, there's obviously a lot of money to be made there. Uh, I'm sure he has aspirations to really make it in the in the English Premier League. He's had a couple of games, and obviously things didn't go well for him. But you know what? I think I don't think he's going to turn. You know, I don't think he's ready to give up on that. Also, the draw for the Concacaf Champions League came out, Ivis, for all the MLS teams, and the one uh, to be decided. Uh, Canadian Championship game between uh, between Toronto FC and the Montreal Impact between Sporting Kansas City, New York, Portland, and DC. Who got screwed? Who got the benefit? What'd you make of the draw? I don't know, man. It's too early to tell. I mean, I don't. I don't think the, the Red Bulls obviously are going to face an MLS team, and I, I think that that's going to be an interesting test. Sporting KC getting Saprissa. Obviously, Saprissa is not as strong as they used to be, but I, I think that is you know that has the opportunity. To present them with with some some an interesting challenge. So, uh, you know what? I, I don't know. I don't know if I could say any any of the MLS teams really were quote unquote screwed. I mean, I think they're all. When you look at those groups, I think they're all capable uh, of of winning their groups. And and obviously the uh, the all the one all MLS. Uh, well, the one group that has two going to have two MLS teams. Uh, you're gonna, you're talking about the Red Bulls and Toronto FC, and that could be. Uh, potentially could be pretty big, right? I mean, when you're talking about the the star power on both sides of that, so uh, you know that that would make for an interesting one. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting one for New York playing a, playing an MLS team. Well, for for starters, well, whoever gets the MLS team, but I mean, less travel, which is also pretty nice for them too. Uh, well, was, that wraps up today's SBI show. Before we close out, let you enjoy your weekend. Not really, you'll be working all weekend like me too. So uh, <laughs> enjoy my weekend. Yeah. Friday is going to be crazy. Tomorrow, actually, in, in a few short hours, you've got U.S. training at Red Bull Arena in the morning. You have press conference, player interviews in the afternoon in New York City. Uh, there's all sorts of events. If you're in the New York City area and you're a U.S. soccer fan, American soccer fan, you need to get yourself to Times Square. Uh, and be around New York City. There's all sorts of uh, festivities going on there. Um, check out U.S. Soccer. There's you know obviously a lot of information on it there. So that's going to be popping off. You've got um, you know this big Gatorade event in Hoboken on the other side of the Hudson. You've got Bumpy Pitch with a with their own event uh, Friday evening. You've got a night before the night before party in Hoboken. Uh, American Outlaws New Jersey is going to have something there. So Friday's just nuts. Friday's nuts. I don't even want to think about it. I actually, that's, I think I'm tired just thinking about it. I think I, I need to make sure I get enough sleep to to make it through that day. But it, it, it should be interesting. And then yeah. and, and the lead up to that Sunday game, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I think that's going to be a fun game. Uh, I think the crowd's going to be amazing. I, I really, really think for all the crap, you know. Red Bull Arena, this and that, and you know, yeah, right. It's not sold out often. It's probably been sold out. Hey, you're the one who mentioned it. Times. 
But I tell you what, I I really feel like it's gonna this for this game. This game is gonna produce the best atmosphere that that stadium has ever seen. That stadium has good atmospheres. Come on, the I, best. I agree, but that's the whole point. That's how good this the 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 everything. It's like the perfect storm. You've got because you know New York's such a central location. So you you obviously New York, New Jersey, they have their their hardcore AO fans. DC obviously is stacked with AO fans. Philly stacked with AO fans. Boston stacked with AO fans. All those big markets, their fans are going to be in for this game. Even if they can't get into the building, they'll be in the area so they can take part in the night before party, which is at Jack Dempsey's in New York City, or the events on Friday in Times Square. You know, there's all sorts of stuff going on uh, for the U.S. fans. So I tell you what, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be impressive, man. They're gonna need some extra buses to get everybody in and out. I don't know. New York sounds like it's pretty boring. <laughs> it's popping, my man. It was funny. It's funny you say that because I forgot where I was. Uh, I think it was maybe I was it actually it was in San Francisco. We were hanging out. You know, I was hanging out with uh, your buddy. John Arnold, we was uh, you know we were, we were hanging out quite a bit on this on my trip out there, and uh, it, one of the nights we were out in San Francisco, and it was just kind of like dead. It was like two a.m., and it's like man, that's why New York is New York because it doesn't matter. Two a.m. is bedtime. Come on, man. Ha <laughs> Well, for you, well now, well now for you, eleven p.m. is bedtime because you know it's you know you got to cuddle. <laughs> But anyway. st- first off, I told you it's because I stopped <laughs> drinking Red Bulls. Red Bulls is like I, that shit, that, dude. That keeps me up for like days, man. Excuses, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, no, New York's great, and now you have New York plus the U.S. national team in town. Uh, it's great. Um, I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to next week to co- things calming down a bit for me. It's going to be the calm before the storm. It's going to be my last like kind of three or four days of peace. And and tranquility before going the next uh, going off to Jacksonville and then coming back packing and getting ready for that long flight to Brazil. Nice. Well, Ivis, man, enjoy your weekend. Have a good time. Don't work too hard, man. I will work hard. I will, ho- and I will hopefully time find some time to party as well. Yeah, yeah. Work hard and play hard. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, I'll let you go, and uh, I'll catch you later, man. Thanks, man. And as always, everyone. Oh, oh, oh also, everyone, thank you for the iTunes reviews. If you could give us some more, Ivis and I would really appreciate it. If you have yet to give us an iTunes review. We're, we're, we're on the verge of being a five-star show. We actually were for like a few moments. Uh, but, you know, thank, thank you again for the good reviews that we've been receiving lately. It, uh, they mean a lot. And, and, and uh, the feedback we get means everything. And yes. I can tell you what, the fans, uh, the, the listeners and the readers that, I've met in, that I met in Northern California this past week were great. Uh, it makes it worthwhile. It makes what we do worthwhile when we meet. Uh, people who listen to the show, people who read the site. Uh, you know, when we when you we hear from you and and you tell us that you you enjoy the work that we do, it makes it worthwhile. So, thank you all that 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 we've met that I've met obviously in Northern California this past week. So it was a great time. Um, did anyone buy you Cosmopolitan? I believe some people mentioned Cosmopolitan. Yes, yes. So, it's out there, but I think enough people know that Jack is my drink. <sighs> Someone needs to do it. Just step up and do it. Ivis is not as threatening as he may, as he may seem. <laughs> yeah, I'm not as imposing as I look. No, no. You you try to play off this whole like you know, you know, Goodfellas, you know, you you know Casino, like you know, Listen, you know, I'm the Joe Pesci thing. Up. I mean, come I'm on. the nicest guy in person. When you meet me, I'm gonna be a nice guy. Unless you give me a reason not to be a nice guy, which actually, funny enough, and I say, oh man, so so we're shooting some video for for some for some project that for the Sony fan ambassador project that I'm working on, and uh, it's it's the tailgate before in the U.S. Azerbaijan game. I'm doing a stand up, and some random schmo walks through the shot. Not only does he walk through the shot, he stands next to me, oblivious to the fact that we're shooting. And it was almost as if he was doing it on purpose. And I swear, I really almost hit this guy. I really was about to like suplex him, and uh, you know, it, it was the, the street, the street kind of attitude came out a little bit. But I, you know, I kept my composure, kept it nice, you know, kept it friendly, kept it nice as much as I could. But uh, it, it was, you know, the dark side. The dark side came out there. Interesting, interesting. I was. Well, I'm glad you. I'm, nice I'm glad you. I'm glad you didn't hurt anyone. Hey, as Patrick Swayze said in Roadhouse, be nice until it's time to not be nice. 
Very well said. I like that. All right. Well, you know what? We'll end, we'll end the show on, on a very good quote, Ivan. So, man, hey, have a good weekend, dude. Thanks, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the U.S. Men's National Team game. Ivis and I will be back again on Monday morning, breaking down the weekend of MLS and U.S. Men's National Team Soccer. This is the SBI Show. <laughs>